Welcome to the Radio Rally on Clubhouse. You're hearing our Monday live event on our group, the Encouragers on Clubhouse. We come together for this event every single Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And it's really all about encouraging talent of all kinds in the radio business. So you might think we're talking about like morning show and program directors and all that. But no, talent is on both sides of our business, including the sales side, because that talent is pretty important in our business, especially today. So it's all different kinds of talent. So look. Here's what you're about to hear that we're, we're actually going to focus on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing the stories of some amazing radio pros and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. We have turned both of our both our Monday live events and our Wednesday live events on Clubhouse into individual podcasts. So they're on demand 24-7, seven days a week. The Wednesday event will be followed with an episode of what we call the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast. Today's live event that you're hearing right now will be called the Encouragers the Radio Rally Podcast and will become available later tonight wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them. You can, of course, subscribe to our individual podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. I think we're on about 25 different platforms, so probably wherever you get yours, you can get ours. How about that? When you do that, you'll get immediate access to moments with things as diverse as when Dr. Stephen Caldwell shared with us recently how Home Depot got itself in trouble by taking creativity out of their business and focusing only on efficiency. He schooled us on real innovation and examples uh, that you can put together and put to work in your career. Uh, we also had the example of Angie Ward, who is on the bull in Atlanta for iHeartMedia. She shared that she this is her whole reason for really being as active as she is as an on-air talent. She said she wants to be a good role model for her daughter and granddaughter and wants to show them that girls can do it all. She wants to be an example of how perseverance and just trying to keep trying eventually makes good things come your way, no matter who you are. We do have great guests and insights every single week that can help you grow, help you learn, help you meet the challenges of your career in the 21st century. Meet our guest live on the Clubhouse or subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss anything. The Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and the Encouragers The Radio Rally Podcast are both on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Every Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Jesse Tack from B105 in Cincinnati, myself and Heather Froglier from KFrog in Riverside, San Bernardino, co-host this live event with several really great guests every single week sharing encouragement about radio right now. This week, Heather Froglier is actually on vacation, so Devin O'Day has very graciously agreed to join us. She's done this before. She's really fabulous, and I'm looking forward to her contribution today on this live event.
Today is our Being Real on the radio event. We try to give our events a theme based on the individuals that are on the actual event. David Dubow is with us. He is the market president, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And he's going to share some sharp insights for uh, us today and what the business is actually doing. Also with us today, Steve Kramer, who is, of course... Uh, with Kramer and Jess Mornings, Mix 106.5, WWMX in Baltimore, Maryland. And we're looking forward to both of these guests. If you have been on our radio rally before, you know that I like to review what's coming up before we get started with this week's amazing guest. Next week, we have an unbelievable event, our Beasley Pro event. Why are we naming it that? Because, well, honestly, we accidentally ended up with two really great top professional pros from Beasley Media Group. The first one has a very unusual job. uh, Larry Julius is a market development manager with Beasley Media Group. You gotta come back and see what that is and what the facets of that job is and what he's responsible for with Beasley Media Group and what he says about the future of radio. Also next week, Uh, Mark Raz, who is the program director of WXTU, or as they like to say, 92.5 XTU in Philly. We do have amazing guests scheduled for this event all the way through September, and you really should see the list. How do you get it? Well, you can check our upcoming guest out on our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com. Because encouragement is one of our services as a company, You can also find free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our More Than Live and Local Guest Series and encouragement for local radio sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series, as well as free resources for anyone in the radio business today. Feel free to share our free resources with anyone in radio. That's what it's here for. We don't lock anything away on our site the way some other consultants do. We consider ourselves a little bit different, and we like to prove it. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime, see what you can get for free from our team. By the way, if you know someone that you would like to hear as a guest on the radio rally, please do email me their contact information. Why do you think they'd be a great guest to Ford, F-O-R-D, at RainmakerPathway.com. We do encouraging. Uh, we do encourage people to have a mentor and to participate in networking. So, to that end, please follow the people on, that you see on the stage tonight on this event, and look around the room as well to connect with some people in our industry. This event has a real purpose. We want to encourage you in your broadcast career. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm a branding, strategic programming, and morning show coaching consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. The work that we do with local broadcasters is focused squarely on brand development, growing ratings, and growing revenue. Clients love the way our music lab makes their station stand out and capture more audience, and they enjoy our morning show, Fame Development Coaching, which is a little bit different for people, and we focus always on bringing the value of their morning show entertainers out so they can shine and make more revenue. We also spend a lot of our time with clients making their lives easier no matter what they need in their local market. 
We provide everything from voice trackers to music logs, image writing, and so much more. We've got what you need, and we are market exclusive. If you know someone with ratings challenges, we'd like to meet them, and we'd love to help. As we gear up for a great live event tonight, I like to check in with the co-hosts that we have and just ask them a few questions. And I always like to start with Jesse, as he knows. Jesse Tack does afternoons on B105 in Cincinnati. Jesse, how are you? Lloyd, I'm doing well. How are you? I am doing all right. I got to tell you, I got I've got good questions for you this week, yeah. and you're gonna you're gonna find this to be either uh, really fresh and exciting or fresh wounds. I'm not sure which one. So you helped your brother last week, didn't you? Uh, can you tell us what exactly you did last week with your life, please? Yeah. So to sum it up, uh, my twin brother is moving from Sacramento, California, and uh, was moving his stuff back to Knoxville, Tennessee. And, you know, he had to get out there and kind of pack a couple of things up for the movers. And then he was going to drive their family's minivan from California back to Tennessee. And he just said, hey, do you want to come out here and help me on the last day, pack a couple of things and road trip with me across the country? And so I said, yes. And it is the most time that him and I have had together alone. We did the math since 2009. So we road tripped. We drove through the desert of Nevada, through New Mexico, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and stopped at a bunch of places along the way. You didn't end up like in that movie. Um, what is it? Uh, the one from New Jersey. They ended up in Alabama. Uh, no, but I can tell you that every day we'd wake up, we yeah. were like, where, where were we yesterday and what did we do? Yeah. Um, it, it all becomes a blur. After. And is it true what they say about twins? I'm sorry to ask you a twin, twin question, but it's just too tempting to not do it. Is it true that you guys are connected all the time? Uh, no, but it, it, if we're, I always tell people, if we're in the same room, I can tell you pretty much what he's feeling at any given time based on the situation. I can tell. I mean, I know how I can read him pretty well. So, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Can he read you also? Yeah. Sadly, he can. Yeah. Leads to a lot of arguments. All right. So one of the things I know about you is that you, you do a really effective job of using content from your life on your radio show. Uh, How, did you or might you use the content from last week or do you just sling that on your social media so followers followers can see what's going on in your life? We did the social media thing during the trip. Uh, and anybody that knows, you know, keeping up with socials and posting videos and photos, it is a lot of work. Um, and we did that and we got a lot of great response. We did Facebook live videos from the car. We bought a window mount. Uh, but after I got back, um, my first day on the air, uh, I had him on the air to um, relive the story of when him and I were in the middle of the desert in Nevada. And all of a sudden, we came upon the world-famous Clown Motel. And when I say middle of nowhere, I mean middle of nowhere. And it probably is the thing on socials that we got the most reaction out of. Well, it's, it's not a place for people to stop if they're afraid of clowns, right? Not at all. And I'm not afraid of clowns, and I don't think I would stay there. All right. I don't see your brother 
on this live event, so I think it's fair to ask this question. Finally, was there any disagreement that developed during the trip? In other words, did someone almost kill someone else on the trip, or did either of you say, are we there yet? Uh, no to the second part, but uh, I have a hanger issue that, believe it or not, he does not have. Oh. And he just wasn't getting my hints when I said we needed to stop. So I, I snipped at him a lot. Um, but we did have a, uh, a friendly disagreement about whether it was appropriate or not to throw a full cup of coffee in a trash can at a gas station. Oh. And, uh, yeah, so that went on to social. And every, did, you, did you win that or did Absolutely. Everybody disagreed, and I very much enjoyed that. But, okay. it, uh, no, it, it was a great trip. I, would, I wish we could still be doing it, to be honest with you. Well, Jesse, thank you for sharing, and thanks for joining us as always. Jesse does afternoons on B105, and you can catch him on their live stream anytime. You know, uh, Devin, I'm a big believer that life moves very, very rapidly, and, you know, sometimes people don't catch things right away. Uh, sometimes it's time to just review for folks. Can you, as we get started here, just kind of tell people how you got into radio and a little bit about your career highlights and what you're doing today, just so that we kind of get a background on you? Sure, sure. 1976 at KRRV. In Alexandria, Louisiana, first stop, I got hired because I could type really, really, really well, pre-computer, you know, and I could write ad copy. And I started by the overnight guy that night. He said, uh, here's the microphone, time up to the news. Here's how you queue up a record. I'm going to go smoke a joint. I'll be right back. Last last words that I heard from anybody that was going to help me, and that was my first night on the radio. And I've been on the radio ever since. Um, from there, I went to New York City and studied voice work with a guy named Don Cobiella, who was the very first voice of Tonight on MTV. <laughs> it was really cool. Wow. And years later, I was able to take him as my mentor and introduce him to some folks in Nashville and get him some voice work. So it was a really nice thing. Uh, and then I started working with Jerry House when he came back from Los Angeles to Nashville and worked at his, as his producer and token chick on the radio for 18 years. And seven, uh, I was involved with seven different nationally syndicated shows and wow. then moved on to Mix 92.9. And then lastly uh, was Afternoon Drive at WSM. And now I work uh, with Main Street Media, a syndicate of local newspapers in Middle Tennessee. And they tasked me with creating new media. That's podcast, vlogcast, and live social events. And that's what I do now. And I have a daily show called Main Street Media and a podcast called Devin O'Day's Nashville. I love all that. You seem to be really embedded in Nashville. Of course, you've been there a while. Um, what is the artistic community in Twangtown really like in 2021? It's incredibly vibrant. Um, as much as artists were not able to work in 2020 like they wanted to work, it was a good thing for the creative reset because, let's just really? face it, it had gotten really run by labels that said we're going to be lemmings and keep doing the same kind of country song over and over and over mm. again, which started to kind of suck i'm going to be quite honest with you it was pretty bad and they i, I did i said it right out loud didn't i yeah um, no problem 
this but is a good it's okay. Place to it's bend. the truth because right. I knew I knew that all of these same artists were doing amazing work, and the and the labels when they had to close their doors for a while, all of a sudden the artists started doing their own live streams and doing the new music that they were doing, and all of a sudden the people started responding. So you're going to hear yeah. some of the best music you've ever heard. This is the the Roaring Twenties after the Spanish Flu. We're about to hear some exciting vibrant stuff and every day i'm getting a new debut from somebody that's fabulous and the family is excited about the new music by the community that's the creative community we are all a family here that's exactly right so we got a lot to look forward to what mm-hmm. is the most fun experience that you have ever had associated with radio there is a bent question but i'm just going to throw it out there because i know you've had some really great experiences I have, but the most fun truly is that we had a a rainmaker, no pun intended, named Dave Manning, who was our general manager, who drove a red Ferrari. He said, let's make the air staff stars and let's give away a lot of money. And if we make the air staff stars, we can get more money for our spots. So we started giving away these incredible amounts of money. And we would drive up in a limo and we would all get out as an air staff. And he said, we're going to have morning shows all day long. That's the kind of quality it was. And so it was Jerry House and Hoss Burns and Carl P. Mayfield and Hollywood Hendricks. And even overnight, we had Bo Bradshaw. And it was a, a 24-7 interviews and and stuff it was just like we talked we did whatever we wanted and people were listening and we got out and we would get out in an event and there'd be five thousand people there it was the craziest thing and there were no artists involved it was just us and that was a it was a lot of fun but this week oddly enough i ran into somebody he said you know those big giveaways used to have well my mom won and you have no idea. She won fifty thousand dollars from you guys. Yeah. And it changed. He said, "You know, we were about to lose our house, and that changed our lives in that moment from listening to the radio. And that was the best moment of radio." I, I, I got to tell you, I always tell people and different staffs at different points of my career. I'm like, it's not the people who tell you; it's the people that you you may or may not learn years later about how mm-hmm. pivotal something that you did. It may not be a $50,000 giveaway. It could be something else, which I have a feeling we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah. Anyway. Well, <laughs> Listen, we gave away sparkle paper towels, too. They, those yeah. not changed quite as much, but it was fun. That's right. So you've got a great guest for us, don't you? Oh, my gosh, I do. And talk about somebody who's real on the radio. Steve has been through it talk about different coasts so he's had to deal with people on both sides of the United States but I've been doing a deep dive with uh, Kramer and Jesse uh, mornings 106.5 in Baltimore and the podcast I love a man who loves his mama (laughs) and the certified mama's boy uh, the, the podcast is just fantastic I absolutely love it and I'm so glad that you're here with us Steve Thank you. Happy to be here. Good to hang out with uh, like-minded radio people. Thanks. Well, can I just dive right in and say, first of all, what was your path to radio stardom? How did your journey begin? It's kind of a weird, I mean, not really weird, but I just felt like this is what I was always supposed to do. Um, You know, some people were like the janitor and they just happened to end up being the morning guy one day. Uh, I don't know. Like ever since I was a kid, I just was so fascinated by it. And I 
would play radio station. I went to Radio Shack. And my mom bought me my first little mixer. And I don't think we were even, even able to record at that point. I don't think I could quite figure out the cables, but I would like put on these shows every day. And, and it, uh, I always had this fascination. And then so I went to college at uh, Georgia Southern University. And I really not a great student, but they had a radio station and I just wanted to go learn. So I uh, just popped my head in there. I failed my very first on-air test. So I had to be an intern for my, for my first semester there. <laughs> and uh, from there on out, I just kind of bounced around. I started working, um, just harassing the program director at uh, WAEV in Savannah just to do some weekend work. And I got an internship with Q100, The Burt Show in, in Atlanta. And that was kind of like the huge catalyst of the networking that kind of launched me into, uh, I guess, knowing the morning show players, knowing that I always wanted to have this big morning show, always wanted to do mornings. And then I uh, took a really big risk. I, I knew no matter what, it'd be a personally fun risk by going to Panama City, Florida. Uh, market 240. I was like, okay, I'm 22. I got this opportunity to go to Panama City, Florida, to do my show, uh, first morning show, which is you know almost unheard of now in a market that small. But I took a shot and I went down there and I, I partied my ass off and I d did terrible radio. But they gave me four years to kind of figure it out and uh, kind of bounced around from city to city. And now here we are in Baltimore. Well, speaking of Baltimore, you and Jesse have cool chemistry, and mm -hmm. that is not something that happens easily or all the time. How did sure. you guys meet, and how did you develop a show? So I was at Channel 933 over in San Diego for five years, and Jesse was actually my – she was my phone screener. And but I knew she was a star. I'm like, God, this girl is a star. This girl just needs a platform. We'd bring her in the air and she would just she'd she'd blow us all away. Like she would, you know, you'd go to events and like, where's Jess? Where's Jess? We really want to meet Jess. And her and I just always had this this chemistry that we actually spent more time building off the air on an off-air podcast with the show. And I always knew, like, the, the time I was there, I was just always constantly looking for a home for her because I'm like, she's too big to be a phone screener. She's too good to be a phone screener. And so I got blown out in the iHeart cut of January of last year. And I just told myself, I'm like, I got to – like, the chemistry is good. This girl's so talented. Somebody's just got to believe in me, you know, that I can – I know that I, I this is this is the show. Like, this is the show. This is the show. And uh, Tom Cook over here at, at Mix – um, was like, hey, listen, I believe in you. You've got a record. Uh, anybody you want. I'm like, oh, I'm going to put all my money on, on an unproven phone screener. We talked to all these big names, all these people that like, you know, had so many credentials, but I just truly believed in our chemistry. And I feel like when you've got that chemistry, that's something you got to hold on to. Because like you said, that's not something that, that can take years to build. And for me, I'm like, we're going to hop right into the saddle. That part's already done. Getting to know a co-host is tough. You know, it's, it's a relationship. It's, it's a lot of work. So I think when you've got that, if you can salvage that, it's a great first place to start because you're already coming in with, like, fantastic bones to your, to your show. Well, and, and your uncensored, your Kramer and Jess uncensored podcast that you have, I mean, you're very real. Now, <laughs> I've got to ask you, have you ever gotten in trouble 
um, and I'm going to ask you about your your date life uh, <laughs> with the subject matter. You guys just put it out there. I mean, you just put it out there. Have you gotten in trouble? I mean, I don't think we've ever not gotten in trouble. We get in trouble more than we don't get in trouble, I feel like. Um, yeah, that's one thing that I really love about Jess is that she is open to a fault. Um, and she will really put it out there. And dating, so I, I'm divorced. And I had to live that on the air, which was extremely tricky. I was like, I don't know that it can get more uncomfortable than trying to live a divorce on the radio. And that's, you know, it was respectful, but it was very open. It was very honest. It was as raw as I could be with it. And something like this, so that, that's gotta be as, as worse as it's ever gonna get. Then I started dating on the radio and I realized that's actually a million times worse uh, because they'll, I always said that they didn't listen before they do now. They'll listen to every word you say and they'll, and they'll take notes and they'll want to talk to you. Hey, so what'd you mean by, uh, by this? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one thing that you learn and you almost have to sacrifice a sense of is that level of privacy. I don't know in 2021, if you're not, if you're not making someone a little uncomfortable, around you i don't know that you're being open and honest and real enough you know you got to be respectful but people are expecting authenticity more than ever they don't you know they they they've seen through it they've got podcasts out there that are extremely authentic we're really we're really going up against some new beasts of content that we've never had to go up before and i feel like now we've really got to step our game up and Sometimes that's the aftermath is you, you deal with an upset woman that you went on a date with, you know, and hopefully, hopefully she gets it. And if she doesn't, well, maybe she's not the one. Amen. Amen. Right. But you right. really go out there. But talk about a woman that you brought in. There are a lot of people who are very real and they can they, they have the chemistry with their co-host, which you have. But let's talk about your mom. Your mom is a <clears> kick. <throat> <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about how did that even come about, bringing your mom in as a co-host? So the mom situation was it, kind of bizarre. Talk about like how the universe just kind of works its way and you're not quite sure why it's there and why it's happening. But so my mom was never actually a real big player on the radio show. I never really saw her as like a like a character. She's a super soft spoken uh, preacher and she is just super sweet, super authentic. But just I never really brought her on the air that much. Um, when I was going through my divorce, though, she used to send me these daily text messages, just inspiration, because I was literally in San Diego, like by myself. Like I had just moved out there like a year and a half prior, didn't really have a strong network out there yet. And so she would send me these daily text messages. And so one day I got the idea of just, it was, one was like super meaningful. And I screenshotted it and I put it on my Insta story. And uh, people were like, oh my God, this, this really speaks to me. I really, like, I could, I run, thank you so much for posting that. And I was like, oh, okay. So it kind of started as like a social media thing. And uh, people really latched on to the relationship with me and my mom. I mean, I've always been a mama's boy and I, we've always had a great relationship. So when I get blown out of Channel 933, I am like, I, I don't I don't know where I it was very unexpected um, as unexpected as it can be I guess in radio nowadays but I was uh, wondering like what can I do I'm not I'm not competing against like 20 other radio stations anymore I've got to really find a niche in this podcasting space and so I decided I'm like no one's really doing a, a, a mother-son podcast 
Uh, I wonder if that could work. And we gave it a shot. We call it Certified Mama's Boy. It's a daily podcast and we just hit uh, 1.1 million downloads. So we're super grateful. Incredible. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, really proud of it. Um, it. It was an off chance, but uh, it's it's done it's done really well, and I'm super proud of it. But it nev- never planned. It was never like the plan of we're going to like create this. It just kind of happened by because it had to. I needed something to kind of get me in between radio jobs, and um, and that was Certified Mama's Boy. Well, it's incredible how you brought that into the Monday motivation sure. part with you and Jess. It's just bringing your podcast into into your terrestrial radio is incredible. But I've got to ask you, you, you brought up being, and, and if anybody's been in radio, they've been blown out of somewhere. And that is the way you feel when you bit, brought it. We're going in another direction. That that yeah. <laughs> there's no not, there's no nice way to put that by the way yeah there's, no no there isn't and it sucks every time but yeah. who, what was the toughest hurdle on your journey was it that uh, you, you mean like my whole radio spectrum yeah the toughest hurdle that you've ever had to overcome was it being blown out of a place you know I, I don't think, think so I I think honestly this last time wasn't wasn't as challenging because. I had already done so much groundwork before. I already had a lot of contacts. I had a good reputation. I had some ratings, you know, behind me. Um, so it wasn't the phone rang a lot easier this time. Now, the one time it was really challenging. I would say the time that I really was, I told myself one more rejection and I'm done with the radio was when actually when Lloyd and I met. Um, I had uh, went from Panama City, Florida. I started getting all these calls from big markets and. Tampa, Florida called me for this little, this little tiny hot AC they had called Play 98.7. And at this point, I'm 26, 27 years old and a massive morning show in market 240. <laughs> like I'm unstoppable. Nobody can stop me. I'll go up against, I'll go up against MJ and the power pig. Like I got this, I can do this guys. And um, we, we got there and within nine months they flipped the station. So here I am sitting here with no, nothing really to show uh, other than my experience in, in Panama City. And that was tough because, you know, people want, they don't want to just, they see a guy that came up and uh, I, I really took uh, Mojo from Detroit to kind of vouch for me eventually to get me into Phoenix because I really had, I mean, I was kind of bound, I couldn't, I just couldn't find it. 13 months I was working at a social media job for a credit union and I, I mean, I think we all probably get to that point in our career too, um, maybe multiple times where we're like, you just, you have a hard time taking it. The rejection's hard. You know, you want to keep pushing yourself. You want to keep doing it. But I was literally, okay, this Phoenix gig doesn't work out. And I went to Camel and Phoenix country station and I was like, all right, this one doesn't work out and that's going to be it. And that one opened up and now here we are. That's amazing. And I was, you know, I've got two more quick questions. Where do you find encouragement on your tough days? You really got to build your network. You really got to have, and it's, it's, it's getting harder because I feel like we're, we're all, and no matter what aspect of radio we're in, we're under more stress than ever. We're under more, you know, we're all doing more jobs. We're all having to do side hustles. We're all need to be on every, every, social media platform and you know budgets are being cut and but i think to find find your your tribe within 
Um, like I still got some really, I probably got five people that I know I can turn to and I can be super open. And if I want to be shitty that day and have like a bad attitude and like just be real about how I'm feeling about it, they've got my back and vice versa. And then my mom, my mom's always, <laughs> she doesn't quite understand it all, but she's always there no matter what the, uh, what the issue is. So nice to have a good mom too <laughs> yeah that's brilliant that is brilliant my last question is about your social media it is incredible and you are very open and honest i know i want to congratulate you on three years sobriety july 3rd and oh, thank you it's and i love how you pointed it out and do you mind sharing that story because i know for a fact that there are a lot of people in radio that have over medicated at times and it what may not have been a problem right which it wasn't for you but right. you make a choice to say i'm going to do things differently and uh, i think that's important to share as we close this part of the interview i mean i think that as talent just speaking as talent like we and this even comes back to the authenticity part is that we have to take better care of ourselves just in general because we are I mean, the schedule's already grueling but i mean i would say most talent that i talk to deal with some type of depression some type of anxiety and that's just not that's not even talent that's just human in general right uh, but it's hard like we work in this really weird industry it's a really bizarre strange industry and as we are becoming more authentic that doesn't mean it's getting easier per se it's not like okay, just, just be open and, and you'll be fine. I mean, no, you're dealing with, when you're more authentic, you're dealing with more criticism. Now for me, I was going through a divorce right in front of everybody, not only a divorce, but an affair. And my, you know, like the, the city pretty much knew that my wife had had an affair and I was having to just publicly kind of live that and feel that out. And I, yeah, I didn't have a problem really with, uh, with alcohol. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like, you know, there was no DUI or anything, but I would, I still found myself. And this has happened multiple times in my career to where I would always turn to alcohol as like my sedative, you know, but then what happened was then I would sleep like crap. I wouldn't be as creative. I wouldn't get out and go do the things I needed to do. I wasn't really dealing with the issues. I was just kind of pushing it down. And so I had one really bad night out one night and I woke up the next day and I just felt awful. And I told myself, I'm like, this is, you have worked too damn hard to get to this point. Because I, I mean, like, like most talent, like we, you know, we make so many sacrifices. Like you can't keep treating your body like this. And I told myself that day, I was like, I made a commitment. I was like, this is it. Like, this is it. Like we're gonna, we're, from here on out, this is like mid-divorce, just not feeling great about everything. I'm like, we're gonna focus fully on getting your body right, getting your mental health right, focusing on work, focusing on your family and, I, that was it from that day forward. Yeah, it was, it was July, July the 3rd. It was the day before 4th. Yeah. Um, was my last drink and I, it was hard and it was, it was tough. It's still tough some days, but I've never felt better. And I don't think I've, I've I think I've been a much better talent because of it. And it's, you know, one of those other struggles that you can share with people that people can completely relate to people that, you know, that do struggle with or use it for coping. And I, I don't know, it's been, it's been a real gift, honestly. Uh, I'm thankful that I was able to kind of overcome that and, you know, have the story to tell. Thank you so much for sharing, because that's probably one of the most important things anybody in our industry can grab a hold of and hear 
tonight and any night. Uh, I water toast you, just like you said. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Sure. We are going to ask Steve to stick around for a few minutes after our second interview in case you might have some questions for him. Thank you, Devin. Uh, it is delightful anytime we get to spend any time with Devin O'Day, and you can tell why. She's absolutely amazing. By the way, did you did you hear that? I, I just want to draw attention to two things that came out of that that just popped out at me. And and poor Steve, what he didn't say when he was back there working in market two, blah, blah, whatever it was, is that, yes, we did run into each other. And I became a fanboy at that moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two reasons that he just kind of talked about that wasn't happening back then, but is a part of his DNA. And it's very interesting and is very encouraging for anybody on the talent side of the business. Did you hear that podcast information, the podcast that he created? He's out of work. What's new? What's he going to do? Steve creates a podcast with the power of uniqueness. Okay, so he looks at the universe and he goes, man, you know, I mean, we all kind of know there are 100 billion different podcasts. What makes you different? What makes you special? He looked for that. Then he tied passion uh, with it and he brought it into his radio show that he has today. All really great things that I think radio talent needs to really be thinking about. It can't just be the, the regurgitation of your show. It has to be, how do you get to know this talent better? What is it about this talent that will make you attached to them? Also, the second thing he talked about was this social vulnerability. That that idea of, of a morning show talent, and I'm a huge fan of great morning shows, that idea of coming out front and living your life and being that vulnerable person. Yes, you might get more criticism, no question, but you also will get more stickiness from that. So I think that's always worth uh, noting for sure. We do. Lloyd, want- I'll, I'll say really quick, sorry, not to yeah. cut you off, um, no, but I say this in, in the situation when it comes to the vulnerability part is I, I literally became famous in San Diego because of my divorce. Like that's what really put me, I was kind of like just the new guy and people, you know, they, they weren't quite latching on to who I was yet. I was with a veteran that had been there for 15 years. We had a ton of market equity. That market's full of just big players talent. that are big talent, right? And yeah. so it really was for me, and I didn't realize it at the time. It was something I didn't realize until after it was almost done, but I was like, Wow! Like just by sharing the story that we and the stories that we all have. I mean, and I hope to God it's not a divorce, but whatever your thing is that people can relate to, that is not something that their friends are maybe going to honestly open up about. Like to find those avenues because people really. I mean, it is really what will cut through in 2021. Okay, I'm done. Well, 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 listen, don't be done because this is a really cool subject and it's worth exploring a little bit. You know that discovery that you made i mean when i do coaching with talent i talk about the one job that we have you know what that one job is it's to make the morning show famous without it you're nothing there needs to be a penetrating opportunity you see it in fame development lanes of all different kinds without it you just are vanilla so whatever it takes to get there is a big deal. Vulnerability can be such a powerful player in that in that area. So listen, on our Wednesday event, 
Encouragers and Innovation audio podcast. That is actually available now on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, when you subscribe to our podcast, and of course we have that one, we also have the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which is what you're listening to live now on Clubhouse. When you subscribe to these podcasts, you'll get access to our amazing visits with major market programmer Jimmy Steele just a few weeks ago. He basically pointed out the way for radio in the future. And he talked about radio strength right now, where we get our power from, for real. And he talked about it unvarnished. And if you haven't heard this interview, go and subscribe to our podcast when this event is over tonight. You'll get it for free. Of course, you can also hear Buzz Jackson from K-I-I-M in Tucson. Uh, he talked about mentors and why he thinks everyone should have at least one mentor. We hope that you will share our podcast when they become available too. Everything we're doing is about supporting the community of employees that work in radio and in audio. Please share us in your social media. There are plenty of links in our free blog section at rainmakerpathway.com, including our schedules, podcast, and more. And of course, you can share our guest calendar or you can just give us a shout out on your Facebook, your LinkedIn, your Twitter, whatever. And it's another way for people to come in contact with the encouragement that we're doing on Clubhouse in our group called the Encouragers and be a part of these events. Our next guest is a powerful force in local radio. And uh, when I say something like that, I really mean it as a compliment, and it is. He is a true believer. He knows how it is done. He knows how to do it. It doesn't matter what company David is working for. If you hear his stations, you will be connected locally to what is happening. David DeBoe is market president with Town Square Media in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Welcome to the Encouragers, the radio rally. David, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for the invitation, Lloyd. Look forward to chatting. Oh, my gosh. I've looked forward to this for a number of weeks. So let's roll back to the beginning, because I don't think even I've heard this. David, how did you get your start in this fabulous world of the radio business? Well, I had some uh, neighbors who were in the uh, uh, radio and TV business when I was growing up. They lived down the street from my home and uh, eventually uh, started hanging out around their radio station, the Brennan family. They owned the Big Ape in Jacksonville. WVOK in Birmingham and the Big Bam WBAM in Montgomery, Alabama. So I started hanging out around uh, WBAM back in the uh, early 1970s. Uh, eventually, uh, I bugged them so much about a job that they gave me my first position, which was to, uh, I'm dating myself now, ride around and uh, award prizes to cars that had a bumper sticker for the radio station on the back of their bumper. So I was the uh, bumper sticker guy. Well, we all have to start somewhere, right, David? For sure. Uh, you know, I, I, listen, I will say this. In just a couple of seconds of answering that question, you identified, for people who know, three really powerful radio brands that that family owned, right? Yes, and uh, they were great, great local broadcasters uh, and uh, really um, always had compelling products on the air. Uh, and, and part of their fame was uh, they, they had a series of legendary concerts that they would wrap the stations around in each of their markets uh, called the Shower of Stars, and, and they would bring in eight or ten major acts. Uh, I think the ticket price was like five bucks, and, uh, and the stations would promote those 
those concerts. And if I'm not mistaken, one little piece of trivia, I believe that WAPE in Jacksonville was the first radio station to bring the Beatles uh, to the United States for a concert at the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, uh, presented by the Big Ape. So if you wanted to play with those boys, you better bring your A game, right? Yes, very, very, very promotionally driven uh, and just, you know, very hands-on. And they were able to keep those stations top-ranked in their markets uh, for for many, many years. In fact, at one time, there's 67 counties in the state of Alabama, and the combination of WVOK and WBAM were number one ranked in 63 of the 67 counties in the state. Now, I know that this will be unpopular or in the old days, you'd say I get letters, but sometimes I get the feeling that let's just say some people in the radio business have forgotten about the power of really passionate local events and how that can be harnessed to explode listening. Uh, I think uh, in the, uh, the age of uh, cutting expenses everywhere, a lot of companies have, uh, have gotten off of that. Uh, it's unfortunate uh, because I, I know for a fact that uh, events can work. Uh, in fact, right now, our, our station group is doing a big a free movies in the park uh, in a downtown park here in Tuscaloosa on Saturday nights. And we're, we're having amazing support from the community as well as from advertisers. Uh, we have a 35-foot big screen in the sound system when we're playing uh, movies that um, kids and families can come out to, so people bring their their lawn chairs and their blankets and their coolers, and uh, we have food trucks, and it's just a great branding opportunity for the radio stations and and something that where we can give back to the community. And you know, David, uh, now uh, after this pandemic, and I, I I love using the word after. I hope that turns out to be completely true. You can hardly keep Americans from going out when there's a worldwide pandemic but when you raise the all clear flag uh, you're definitely going to have some experiences with people wanting to get out and get involved so now is a great time for radio to be doing that and this is our really our wheelhouse jam is it not i i 100 agree with you and that's why we decided that, that this was a perfect uh, sort of coming out party post covid for us because uh, we knew that e- even if there were some additional uh, reluctance uh, right after COVID, that this would be an outdoor event. People could spread out. And, uh, and kids, you know, really, really had a tough time during this pandemic, locked in, couldn't, couldn't do a whole lot. So this was a great opportunity to bring an event that focused on children and to get the parents and the kids out of the house and outside enjoying some fresh air and, and watching a fun movie. We have The Princess and the Frog uh, this coming Saturday night. Oh, nice. Well, you know, look, it may be a long time before we figure out exactly what the psychological impact of all this has been shutting everything down. But but look, you've been around for a while, and I'm going to say that as kindly as I can because I know that you'll be sensitive to it if I'm not careful. You've been a force in Alabama radio for a long time. What do you love about Alabama and being an influence in radio in the state of Alabama? We have been blessed with some great talent to come along in this state, and uh, I've been personally blessed to to work with and develop a lot of great talent along the way, and uh, there's been some really good um, radio products in the state of Alabama uh, going back, you know, even before my time, and 
Uh, I, I still see uh, some companies and some stations doing some great uh, work on the content side even today. Uh, I'm blessed right. to have uh, started Ricky Smiley, who now uh, is the um, heir apparent to uh, Tom Joyner. Uh, Ricky started for me, uh, gave him his first job, and, hmm. uh, and now he's on uh, more than 100 stations across the country with a, a syndicated show. Uh, Deja Vu, who's in New York with her own syndicated show, works for me in Birmingham, uh, doing middays on my hip-hop station there, and has just exploded her career. Uh, Roy Wood Jr., who's on the Comedy Network, uh, Comedy Central, uh, works for me in Birmingham, uh, did a morning show for me at 95.7 Jams for a number of years, and of course, uh, Rick and Bubba worked for me at WZZK. So yeah. I've, I've had some great talent along the way, and... Uh, you know, some really good, good, compelling local radio. Can you share why you and I both are so passionate about radio being connected to local? Uh, I, I think that really th- that's how radio was meant to be, right? It was meant to be a, a right. local service. And originally before consolidation, before large corporate ownership, you know, there were usually mom and pop operators of radio stations in the market. Often, um, three or four families would own the radio stations in, in each market, and they would super serve those communities. And uh, I think radio is at its best when it is live and when it's local. Uh, it's no secret. Everyone that knows me knows I'm not a huge fan of voice tracking. I understand it has to be done under certain circumstances, but uh, I, I really prefer to have my uh, talent in the studio, on the air, live, uh, whether they're taking requests by our app chat feature or uh, actually picking up the request line, uh, having that instant connection with what's going on uh, is critically important. We had some cows get out on the interstate this afternoon, and we were able to get that on the air instantly and on our social media accounts because we actually have local personalities and local staff. Uh, you paying attention. Uh, yeah, I doubt that could have been done effectively with a, a, a syndicated show or a voice track show from out of market. Now, that's just my personal opinion. And uh, yeah, but uh, that's that's the way that I have always operated. Uh, when I got to Town Square here six years ago, they had a little bit of local content, but not a lot. Uh, no local news, no local traffic well, reports. Well, well, let's talk about that a little bit. I know, because I know you, that nobody at Town Square Media in Tuscaloosa is phoning it in. Can you tell us just a little bit about your operation there locally? Sure. Um, so we have seven different formats here. Um, we have country, uh, urban adult, uh, hip-hop, uh, urban gospel, uh, full-time local sports talk an alternative rock station, and classic hits and classic country. Uh, so um, it, it keeps us busy. Oh, yeah. uh, our, our, uh, right now, um, you know, we have uh, five of the top stations uh, in the market. Um, we dominate uh, the urban arena. And um, when, I, when I got here, we were in a country battle. Uh, I dare say that we've certainly won the, the uh, revenue side of that country battle. And um, uh, when we when I got here, we were doing about a, a 43 share of the market revenue in Miller Kaplan. And uh, now we're up to 86 last month. 
Well, one of the great things that you do is relationships. I know this because I've seen that at work. And um, so it's much more than just being locally connected on the air. You're locally connected. Yes, uh, uh, we we are active in the Chamber of Commerce. I try to be at every Chamber of Business After Hours event, uh, uh, actively involved uh, in a number of community organizations. Uh, I think it's really important for market managers to be out, to be visible, for people to know who you are, to answer your phone, uh, respond to email, and uh, and to really be you know connected and engaged and involved. Uh, I heard a problem on one of our stations at 11:20 Saturday night, and so, you know, um, uh, I texted the uh, director of content for our market and said, "There's a problem on station X, which we really need to address like now." So uh, they know I listen, and uh, David, I, it makes a difference when people know the market manager is listening all the time, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm passionate about it. Uh, it. This is the industry that I've grown up in, that I that I love, and uh, I only want the best for uh, the radio stations and everybody that works here, as well as for the community. Let's talk about the future a little bit. When you look at the great brands of radio. Uh, in the future, what will the great brands of radio look like and what will they have in common, David? Well, uh, I hope that, that, that we will be introducing some uh, new great brands uh, to, to radio. I think uh, one of the problems with uh, consolidation has been that uh, we've now got you know, you know, four country stations in a market, uh, four urban stations, uh, you know, three rock stations. And uh, not enough format diversity and not enough risk-taking. So I hope that we're going to see mm. some more risk-taking uh, from the programming standpoint moving forward. Uh, in, in fact, some even new formats that may not have uh, come to surface yet. Uh, demographics are changing, and uh, yes. we need to adjust according to the shift in, in demographics. Uh, and, and right now, I think um, we're, we're all sort of uh, stuck with uh, formats that have been around for, you know, 20, 30 years. And uh, we need to be uh, really innovating more than we are as an industry. When the consumer uh, moves, we need to move too. 100% absolutely correct about that. Uh, I don't think there's enough uh, programming gear to a 50-plus demo. Uh, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're not a fan of news talk or country, there's not a whole lot to listen to for the 50-plus demographic. Uh, so, uh, and we know that the country is aging up the, the, uh, substantially, and that trend line is going to continue. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, some companies will begin to uh, make some changes uh, with respect to uh, they, every almost every group has at least one signal in the market that just really doesn't perform. Shouldn't uh, that what, be where the risks take place? That, that's what I would do. Shouldn't uh, that encourage risk-taking? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there are two or three signals in Birmingham now that cannot get arrested for a number, and uh, but yet they, they continue to want to be the second in a format, uh, and, and, and they're never going to win that battle. Uh, so why not, you know, take some risk and uh, try something new? Uh, I don't and, think that we talk about risk enough in this industry. We talk a lot about containment. We talk a lot about efficiency. Where's the risk conversation, right? 
Well, if you if you're not willing to take any risk, uh, then there's you know not much reward on for some of those frequencies, and and honestly, uh, uh, really, um, when it comes right down to it, uh, I think there's that that uh, all these companies uh, tend to pl- play it you know too safe uh, in the way that they um, position some of their products uh, in the marketplace. Uh, a couple of years ago. I wanted to launch a new alternative in Tuscaloosa, and I, I had everybody in the company on the programming side, our corporate folks, telling me it won't work, can't work, won't do well, and that uh, we would open up a hole for our CHR competitor if we did that, because hmm. we at the time were running hot AC, and they said, you're just going to project the, the CHR competitor to take us out. Well, uh uh, to credit to my bosses, they said, you know what, we're going to go with David. He's on the ground here. He's in the market. He knows the market. We're going to do what he wants to do. We launched the alternative. We promptly took out the CHR station and brought our billing way up on the signal. And uh, now it's, it's you know, number one, uh, 18 to 49 and 25 to 54 uh, for um, uh, women uh, in the market, non-ethnic. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's a, 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 a really an example of taking some risk uh, that um, the corporate programming team uh, did not really want to do. Well, when you're always trying not to lose, your uh, your benefit is muted, right? Yes, absolutely. Right. So, you know, we can't have you on this live event and not ask this question. Uh, when we're fortunate to ha- have some time from an important market manager like yourself, people always want to know the keys to a successful career. In other words, do you have an advice for people who are job seekers today in radio? Like, you know, do you have like some fine points for us or something that you particularly look for? Well, I, I think we, uh, a lot of companies don't have enough internship programs, uh, Opportunities for people just to, you know, get their foot in the door and uh, experiment a little bit, uh, whether it be on the air or uh, working in a behind-the-scenes role. Uh, we, we actually have a lot of interns here in Tuscaloosa because we're blessed with uh, three colleges here in town, and I'm a, an active encourager of internships. Uh, that's how I started in the business, just hanging out at the radio station, and they finally just gave me a chance. And uh, I ended up, you know, working overnights. Um, and uh, finally, they let me get on the air a little bit, uh, did weekend news. So uh, we're not really developing enough of a farm team to, to get new talent into the business. So That's right. uh, for, for folks coming along looking for work, you know, uh, I would encourage, even though the money may not be right or maybe it's part-time or, you know, maybe it's contract labor, but you got to get your foot in the door. You got to get noticed and you have to give that, get that opportunity to really uh, get, get the people to notice you and then do good work. And then when the opening does occur, you're, you're hopefully, you know, top of mind for awareness to be hired. I have one more question for you. And, uh, of course, you know, if you're going to appear in this live event, you're probably going to face this question. Do you have one mentor that you could mention? And then do you mentor anyone in our industry today yourself? 
Uh, well, I, I've had so many great mentors throughout my in, entire career. Uh, really, really super folks that I've worked with and been blessed to be around and folks that have taken me uh, under their wing uh, for a number of years. Uh, I, I really, um, Cyril Brennan, who was the original program director at WBAM that hired me in the business, uh, taught me the business uh, from the ground up and uh, took a risk on me and uh, uh, certainly a, a longtime uh, mentor and friend all the way through uh, college and then post-college when I was beginning my professional career. Uh, I've also been been blessed to work for Bob Neal, who I think was one of the great radio broadcasters in the business. Uh, really taught me a lot about the science behind programming. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for uh, for Bob Neal and uh, Dick Ferguson, who was my first boss at Cox. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to get credit to my current uh, management team at Town Square. Uh, these are really smart guys, and they're executing a really great plan uh, for the industry, uh, that being uh, Bill Wilson and Eric Hellam and my direct boss, Todd Lawley. Very good. Well, David, I, I really appreciate your time. And, and, and look, we want you to stick around for a few minutes in case uh, people in our audience might have some questions for you about radio, about being a sharp market manager or any advice that you might have for them. Would that be OK? You bet. All right. Every thank week. You. Well, thank you. We have visits with radio pros from different parts of the country. We do this intentionally for a single reason. We're here to encourage you and encourage anyone making a living from the radio business today. This is where you can come and hear from people you ordinarily might not get to hear in an intimate setting talking about radio right now. And you can meet them on our clubhouse events. This group is for you. And we do need your help to spread our message as encouragers that we are here to encourage broadcasters. So please do share this podcast later tonight or tomorrow once it posts on iTunes, Spotify, and other platforms. Follow the people on the stage tonight and at this live event. Look around the room. See other folks that you'll want to connect with and network with. Our purpose is to encourage, but also to be a networking conduit for you. It's a big part of encouraging your radio career. Don't forget, next week is our Beasley Pro event. Julia, uh, Larry Julius, who is market development manager for Beasley Media Group, and Mark Raz, who's the program director of WXTU 92.5 XTU in Philly, and you do not want to miss that. Check in anytime to get our latest update as we continue to add guests. Of course, we publish our full updated schedule for both of our events on Clubhouse at RainmakerPathway.com. That's where you can also get fresh and free resources to encourage you or anyone in the radio business. We don't lock away anything from you on our website because we're here to encourage your career. We do care about the people in the radio business. Look for our free blog section on that site, RainmakerPathway.com, and get the hook up. Share with friends. We are going to open the room in case there are some questions from the audience for anyone on our panel tonight. Just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or your Android device to raise your hand and come up on the stage. We will ask, please, that you do uh, definitely mute your microphone when you come up onto the stage because uh, there's an integrity issue with audio if you don't. Uh, Before we get started, I do want to remind you that you can nominate anyone to become a member of this 
group the encouragers by doing that directly from the screen on your iPhone, Android, or tablet. Also, don't forget to join us Wednesdays on Clubhouse Live for Innovation and Audio with Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. As usual, we will have two guests this Wednesday and every Wednesday, but just like normal for Innovation and Audio, only one will be from radio itself. The other is usually someone who handles or works consistently with innovation itself. They may or may not be tied directly to radio or even audio. So it's a great opportunity for us to get a different creative perspective about change, creativity itself, and of course, innovation. This Wednesday, yes, just two days away, our live innovation and audio event will feature Rob Barnett, founder and CEO of Rob Barnett Media, and Elroy Smith, Elroy Smith, the coach. So let's talk about questions for today's guest, Steve Kramer or David Dubow, uh, from uh, or anybody on our panel, actually. Jennifer, you have a question for us. Hi, it's Jennifer Wild. I just kind of wanted to say hi and introduce myself. Um, Jennifer Wild from WMMS, Big 105.9 Miami, amongst uh, many others. Longtime radio veteran, miss it so much. You know, it sucks. And I was just walking the halls and I saw this, I saw this room. It's like, this is where I belong, you know? Um, I'm yeah. doing a lot of podcasting right now and I see some friends in this room, a lot of old friends from the good old days. And it's just, you know, once you get once you get out of radio, it hurts, man. You know, mm. your your foot is always in there. So it's just I'm gonna listen. I don't really have a question, but <laughs> Actually, you know what? This isn't true. I was on the, I was on a morning show this morning. What am I talking oh. about? I do I do a movie review. My friend has a morning show um, in uh, Minneapolis, and he has me do a. Uh, he, he's just really cool. He has we, we just mess around on a morning show. So I was on the radio this morning, <laughs> but right. I don't I don't have I don't have a, a daily full time gig. So anyway, well. great to be on here. Great to listen to you guys. You got it. If anybody does have a question, now's the time to do that. I do try to keep things to just about an hour. We're just a couple of minutes over, of course. Join us next Monday for great guest on the Radio Rally for our pro event with the Beasleys. Uh, Larry Julius, Market Development Manager at Beasley Media Group, and of course, Mark Raz, Program Director of WXTU in Philly. A big thank you tonight to Devin O'Day and Jesse Tack for being great co-hosts at this event. Heather Froglier will be back next Monday for this event. Our thanks to David Dubow and also to Steve Kramer for being patient and uh, being giving guests. We appreciate them both. And of course, a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which should be available in the next 24 hours, probably in the next hour or so on iTunes or anywhere that you get your podcast. And a big thank you to Just Joe Productions for creating our audio footprint and distributing the podcast. Please do share the podcast for the Encouragers, the Radio Rally and the Encouragers Innovation and audio with others that you know who are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Please remember, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally. I think we have one remaining question here. I'm going to try to bring Chuck Taylor up and see if he has a question for somebody on our panel. Chuck? Hey, thanks, Lloyd. Actually, the uh, question is, uh, I'm at one of the few mom and pops 
in, okay. uh, in Dallas, Texas, and we have a unique format. But the, the problem is uh, the general manager is the, the owner's son, and they believe more music wins. And I think we all kind of realize more music is not going to help us commit uh, – compete against streaming services how do i convince them that the talent is a little bit more important than the than just the music and the format so david do you want to take that on right here for a minute or uh sure yeah um honestly uh i don't i I could care less about music quantity if we've got great talent and they are producing really compelling local content uh in fact uh, I, I have a station, a country station that, uh, my competitor runs across from me. They're running 98 minute music sweeps. I ignore them. Uh, and, um, we, we won the revenue battle, uh, against them a long time ago. And the perception in the market is that we're the top country station. Uh, people come to us because they know that we're on top of anything happening, uh, whether it's breaking news, traffic, weather, or just compelling local content. Uh, there was, a, for example, we had a flood situation here about two weekends ago on a Saturday night, and my entire content team was up here uh, doing breaking reports. We had the mayor on live. Where there were water rescues going on all over town, and uh, my competitor was playing a 98-minute music sweep. So who do you think won that battle here in the hearts and minds of the advertisers and the listeners in the community? We and, did. I, and I think we know, and I think we also, you have to do that with personalities, David. And and Chuck, I'm going to say this because your question is so important. And it's, for some people, it's minutia, but it really isn't, okay? There's a very famous gentleman whose name is Warren Buffett. And Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, owns something called Geico. And they actually invented the character which has personality to connect their business with rank and file people because people connect to personalities. And I think Steve could tell you that uh, when he gets personal with people, when he gets vulnerable with people, it's really connective and you can't do that with a 90 minute, uh, 98 minute music suite. So. And also, you know, there's just there, there, there's so many places now, Lloyd, that you can get music. I mean, if I that's if right, just the music, I can get that on Spotify or my own playlist or or wherever the, the case may be. Uh, so uh, I, I defy all of those rules about, um, you know, just, just shut up and just play the music. Um, well, none, well, none of my stations do that. Well, and David, I got to say this, too. I, I get mystified when I hear radio stations talking about new music all the time because you're probably not playing new music. You might be playing trending music, but if people really want new music, they can get it before you play it. That's right. Uh, I, I have an all request hour on my country show in morning drive from nine to 10 every day. And it's truly all requests. So uh, I might, we might play a country song from the sixties and, wow. and every format person, you know, would tell you, oh, no, that's you shouldn't be doing that. Well, let me tell you what the interaction <laughs> we get uh, both on air and online uh, is tremendous on that show. So um, every now and then, you know, somebody wants to go back and and they want to hear a, a big classic country song from way back. So uh, it works. Uh, we, we have won with it, um, consistently because the, the personalities are, are local. 
they're interacting with the audience and they're they're doing what the audience wants and which is makes us stand out from all the other homogenized uh music quantity only radio stations across the dial that's correct and usually you don't get this kind of information sometimes you do but uh, usually this innovation in audio is happening on Wednesday night, people. So I do want to say thank you to to David and, and to everybody else being on this live event and to Chuck, too, for bringing that question to bear because it is a powerful, connective, important force in local radio is connecting people to personalities. That's what drives our business, and radio gets its power from being local. Well, I want to hey, wrap up. Lloyd, really, really quick, yeah. can I say? something really quick to that that point Absolutely. from the talent point of view is what right is, yeah, this is steve hey chuck um my philosophy when i got to baltimore was let me die trying like let me die trying i know that this i, I kind of replaced a show that was here but just not a huge personality show show was in 17th place when i got here and i said i, I would rather come in here and put everything out on the table like like i don't want to work in an industry that's like scared and we're just going to slowly fade into oblivion i'd rather put it all out on the line and die trying like doing what we all know we all literally we all know what needs to happen like everybody does it's just we're all too scared to try it and i luckily work with the team here that was like okay like well and again as we know i, I will die trying if it doesn't work but i'd rather work in this industry now and, and like save it like have the best chance of saving it and staying relevant then play it safe and slowly just fade away. Um, if we know it needs to happen and we're all on the same page, and I, and I think everyone on this this discussion is, you know, it's just who's going to be brave enough to really stand up for what needs to happen with this industry. And I'm just I'm on that side of the business right now. Of I really I got to work with a team and with people that really know where this is going and are willing to take that chance to die trying to mm -hmm. get it back to where it needs to go. Well, because, Steve, you can't break out by being homogenous. Right, exactly. Totally. It's just unlikely that anything good will occur. I yep. do want to say thank you again to everybody for being on this live event tonight. Please check out the podcast and please come back every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Or for Innovation and Audio on Wednesdays, you know what I'm going to say, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, only on Clubhouse. Thank you and good night.